Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing the Japanese BL drama series, My Beautiful Man. This series just recently finished airing its last episode, I believe, a couple weeks ago. You can watch it on Vicky Rukatan, but they're releasing the episodes rather slowly. So if you want to watch it all at once, you can do that at Gaga Ulala in their BLY section. They have the whole series, and I believe it is free. If not, I think a subscription is about seven US dollar equivalent, so not very much. But anyway, this series came out and I was going to watch it when it was airing, but I honestly just didn't take the time to do that because life was a little bonkers. So anyway, I decided to sit down this weekend. I had watched the first episode last week and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to sit down here at the end of the weekend and watch this series because it looked really interesting. I found this series rather unique compared to most BL drama. I'm not really a huge fan of J-drama. I'm not saying anything bad about people who love J-drama because I totally get there are some amazing ones. I just really haven't seen a lot of J-drama and the ones I've seen are rather stereotypical of people, which I'm not into stereotypical drama. It's kind of like the same reason I don't like certain K-dramas because they stereotype people. And I think it's really strange to put people in boxes. So anyway, I just tend to avoid most J-drama because of that. Now I do like, what's it called? I've seen Honey, which I thought was a really interesting drama about how people deal with trauma and how they move on through that trauma with their lives. I thought that one was very unique. And I also liked, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was about a forager. It was a really fascinating one and I cannot think of the name of it right now. Anyway, I need to do a review on that one too. But I have seen a couple that I thought was really good. And the one called The Story to Read When You First Fall in Love about the tutor that ends up marrying a student of hers after he's done with high school it's a very fascinating look at age different relationships I mean whether you're a proponent for those whether you're not a proponent for those it is an interesting look at how people view the world and how maybe ageism is not a very positive thing to think about so anyway I've seen those dramas and I like them, although I will say some of them, it's like the humor is just way too slapstick for me. It's kind of the same way I feel about American drama, though. So there you go. But anyway, I thought I'm going to sit down and watch this series, even though the name is kind of weird. I'll still try this. Well, I ended up watching. It takes about two hours to watch because it's six, 20 some in the episodes. It basically follows the life of Hiro, Hiro and Kiyoi. And Hiro was born with a stuttering problem. He cannot say what he wants to say without completely locking up. You don't really know what happened when he was a child, except that he couldn't talk very well and that his parents bought him a camera so that he could take pictures. And that is something that he could do when he couldn't talk. So Hiro takes a lot of pictures and he's getting ready to go to high school as his final year here. His parents have moved on and left him with the house so that he can finish his school year in the same place that he grew up. But he's starting out at a new school and he's really not looking forward to it. 
So anyway, he goes to school, he gets up in front of the class to say his name and he completely locks up. He just starts stuttering and can't speak. And kids are starting to kind of laugh at him. The teacher's trying to handle the kids being jerks. And then here comes Kiyoi. So Kiyoi is totally kind of like trying to be an uber cool person. And the one thing I think is interesting about Kiro and Kyoi is they both have severe emotional issues that they both have to work out. Kiro's is very apparent. Everyone can see that he has a stuttering problem when he gets dressed. Kyoi, his is, everyone thinks he's got his life together. He is totally so not got his life together. And I think that is one of the things that brings them camaraderie is they both have a terrible time expressing what's going on in their lives and their thoughts. Yes, Hiro can't because he has a stuttering problem. Kiyori can't because he has these walls he's built up that make it really hard for him to trust people to. And, you know, I will also say in Kiyori's point of view, he really isn't surrounded by anyone that he can truly trust well. I mean, he grew up with a single mom. His single mom married and had two children. And then Kiyoi was kind of, you know, the son that she didn't spend too much time with after that. And I'm not blaming them because it's like, you know, when you have smaller children, you kind of have to take care of them more than maybe you're older. But that doesn't mean that you just, you know, basically ship the older kid off and don't spend time with him. I mean, that's kind of stupid. But anyway. So Kiyoiso is kind of the cool kid in class, but he, when people start te teasing Hiro, he basically says, go buy me ginger ale. And he's very rough and brusque. And blah, blah, blah. But the thing I think is interesting is if you were an outsider, if you weren't one of the kids in the class, who's like, oh, he's being a jerk to Hiro, you would sit there and go, he's being rough and brusque. Yes. And he is totally rude in many, many ways, but he is being kind to Hero in some ways. I mean, yes, he's being an absolute jerk in others. I mean, there's a scene in the series where Hero finally tells Kiyoi that he likes him and Kiyoi pushes him to the ground, shows him and says, you are a disgusting human being, leave me alone. That that was one of one of Kiyoi's worst moments, I think, in the whole series. I mean, no offense, I'm like, you might not like someone, I totally get that. You might never like someone, totally get that too. But never should you sit there and say, you are a disgusting human being because you like me. That's just weird and really, really unkind, especially with someone like Hiro. So anyway, Hiro starts to like Kiori because he thinks he's beautiful. And I think also he loves the aura that Kiori has of he has everything together. Although Hiro does find out that he is working really hard to be in a contest so that he can win it and go on television. But at the end of the day, Kiyoi does not win the contest. And that's when the tables start to turn because the kids are in class are being kind of bullying to Hiro. And Kiyoi stands up for Hiro because they're starting to kind of push him physically because he got them a tuna sandwich instead of a chicken, or I don't know, maybe a chicken instead of tuna, whatever. And because he's kind of their errand boy. And at this point, Kiyoi 
stands up and says, just because your girlfriend cheated on you and dumped you for someone else is no reason to beat up Hero. And it's at this point that the tables kind of turn for Kiori because he just lost the competition that he's been working so hard for. And he literally kids dump tomato juice all over him when he's coming up the stairs to school the next day. And basically try to make him go get things like Hero's been going and getting things. And I'm like, that was really stupid of the kids for two reasons. Number one, Kiori is not someone that you'd really want to make mad. I mean, I'm just saying, it's one of those things, it's like some people, when they're mad, they're they're mad, but it's okay. Kiori is not one of those people. I could see him totally going off the deep end, and you would not want that to happen. And also, Hiro likes Kiori, and Hiro is a very quiet and calm person, but uh, he, he could snap very easily. And he does snap and he comes and terrorizes the kid who was messing with Kiori and punches him to the ground and starts just completely losing it at this kid. And Kiori is sitting there going, oh my word, Hiro has a temper. I had no idea basically that Hiro could do this because this is rather intense and Hiro is so quiet and demure and, you know, doesn't really fight at all. Now. Kiori also knows that Hiro likes him at this point because when Kiori was getting ready for the competition, there's this point where Hiro comes out to check on him because he was having trouble losing the competition. And it's this point that um, Hiro says, I, I really like you. You're the only person that I really like. Now, I don't think this sounds kind of weird. It wasn't that Hiro was trying to date. Kiyoi at all. I don't think Kiyoi really thinks like that. I think what he was thinking is, I just want this person to know that even though he's lost the competition, he is still cared about by people, that it doesn't change how I think about him. And so that's when Kiyoi pushed him to the ground and said he was disgusting because he liked him. So anyway, that went really, really well. But it's after the tomato incident and Hiro throwing the kid to the ground. I will say the one thing that I really did not like about this show was I wish we had not put Hero Imagining a machine gun. I was like, if you grew up in the States, it's not really something that we like seeing in film because there are school shootings in the U.S. and they do use machine guns. So I really did not like that little addendum if you will in this production because I thought that that part of if you want to call it humor in the show was not funny at all for those of us who did grow up in a society where we had to deal with the fact that there could be school shootings I mean in Japan they don't even let people have guns so it's not really something they worry about. And maybe that's why they think it's more comedic. But for those of us who did grow up in a society where people are allowed to have guns and sometimes use those very, very poorly, it was not a pleasant little addendum in those two parts that they had the uh, machine gun inference as kind of a joke. That was not funny at all. That was the one thing that I think out of everything in this show, I really, really would have just said, you know, could we have eliminated those two minutes out of this, you know, two hour production? Because that would have made it a lot better for viewers who did grow up where they had 
those kind of things that can happen. So anyway, plus I think it's a little unrealistic to say that someone like Hiro would have those kind of thoughts because I'm like, Hiro is a nice kid. Most of my friends are kind of a little like Hiro, although not stuttering and not having trouble interacting with others, but they're very thoughtful people. And thoughtful people really don't dream of machine guns. I mean, it's just not something that crosses their minds. So I'm just saying it was very poor taste at the very least. But moving on from that little digression, Hiro gets taken by the teacher who basically says, you kind of snapped, Hiro. It was about the tomato sauce and the messing with Kiyoi. I totally get that. And I think the teacher knows that Hiro likes Kiyoi. Now, I think the teacher also knows that it's not like when most kids say they like someone and then they desperately pursue them in the hopes of dating them. I think everyone kind of knows who knows Hiro that he really doesn't have any plans of asking Kiyoi to date him because he thinks he's out of Kiyoi's league. And as weird as it sounds, I totally get that because I'm like, if you do meet someone who is what you would consider absolutely perfect, you would probably sit there and go if you're logical. Yeah, they're absolutely perfect, but that doesn't mean they're absolutely perfect for me and they could find someone so much more perfect in the world than me. So I wish them the best and the best would probably not be me. So anyway, Yuro goes to the room where Kiori is sitting and Kiori has washed himself off from the tomato and He's sitting there and he looks up at Hiro and he says, do you still like me like you said you did? And Hiro says, yes, I, I like you. And he says, well, do you, do you like boys? Is that what this is about? And, and Hiro goes, no, this is not about me liking boys. I don't like boys in general and I don't like girls in general either. I've only really ever liked you as a person. And I think this is very interesting because the thing that I think I like most about BL drama is not that it's BL drama, but it, it is about people who are sometimes, not always, okay, I'm just saying sometimes, demisexual, which means that they really only care for one person. The idea of them going out and cheating is just not going to happen because it wouldn't come into their minds. The idea of them considering a one night stand with someone is probably not gonna happen unless it be with the person who they like. But even then they probably wouldn't do it because of the level of care. So I think that the thing I like most about BL drama is the fact that it normally are oftentimes, okay, like let's say 50% of the time is about people who are indeed demisexual. And also that we don't really have a lot of things that Anna has to skip to make it kid-friendly, if you know what I mean. So those are the two things I like most about most BL dramas. But anyway, the thing I think is interesting about My Beautiful Man is both characters in this drama, I come to find out, are both demisexual, meaning that both of them only like one person. Their whole time in high school, their whole time as young adults. For Hiro, he likes Kiyoi. For Kiyoi, you find out in episode five that he's liked Hiro since high school, but he didn't know how to deal with that because Hiro's reactions to him, he couldn't read, which I totally get for Kiori. I'm like, Hiro is a difficult person to read and Kiori completely misinterpreted stuff. And I think it's true what they say in theory of love. We're all stupid when we're in love. I mean, 
logic seems to evade us. It's like it goes somewhere else. I don't know where it went, but it went somewhere. So anyway, the thing is, is QA asked him why basically you only like me? And he says, yes, you're the, you're my most favorite person in the world. <laughs> and he says, well, do you, do you think about kissing me or things like that? He says, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm thinking about having a romantic relationship with you at this point. I'm just saying you're my most favorite person in the world. And he said, he, um, he basically, Coy lets him kiss his hand. And it's kind of a strange scene, but I also think it's an interesting scene because there's also some discussion that isn't exactly G-rated, but the thing is, is both characters handle the situation between them with extreme grace and honesty, which you really don't see very often. I mean, in many ways, I think Kiyoi and Hiro are very innocent people. They've been through a lot. They also make really bad decisions sometimes. I mean, you can sit there and go, that, that would have been a bad decision. Mm -hmm. But you can also sit there and go, they dealt with those decisions. They, they admitted those issues. And at the end of the day, I think that's what makes them an interesting dynamic together. But anyway, we fast forward to Kiyoi starts hanging out at Hiro's house. They don't really talk. They just kind of sit together. Um, Hiro works on Kiyoi's homework and gets it all done for him. Things like that. And it's kind of interesting to see because you're going, Kiyoi is a jerk. Kiyoi is kind of a drama king. But at the same time, it's neat to see people who they don't really have to have a conversation in order to be comfortable together. And I think that's what kind of makes them interesting as a couple, because it's kind of like they say in the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, one of my favorite books, which I have not reviewed on this podcast. I really need to do that. But there is a line in there where Julia is talking in a letter to a friend and she says, you know, I can't imagine being with someone I couldn't talk to but even more than that, who I couldn't be quiet with. And I think it's kind of true that if you can't be comfortable with someone in the silence, as well as in the communication, it's really hard to have a good relationship with them. I mean, I think the thing I like most about being with my friends is I can just sit there and listen and be engaged. And they know that I'm hearing them. They know that I'm there, but they also know that Anna doesn't really have to talk in order to be able to communicate well with them. And I think that's one of the things that makes really good relationships. I think, you know, the people that I've known the longest, I honestly don't really talk with them a lot when we're visiting. It's just, we kind of set, we do things, we chat sometimes, but it's kind of quiet and conversation mixed together. And I liked how in this drama, they bring that up. At the end of the day, Hiro and Hyoi graduate. On their graduation day, Hiro is sitting there going, I'm never going to see Hyoi again. He obviously doesn't like me. He thinks I'm disgusting. Um, da, 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 da. Well, at the end of the day, he ends up going outside. Hiroi is there and he goes, hey, stalker, because that's what he always calls him, because Hiro is always somewhere nearby watching him. And not in a bad way, not like he's trying to bother him or anything like that. He's just like, oh, I like seeing Hiroi. He's a nice, nice thing to see. So anyway, but at the end of the day, Hiroi 
kisses Hiro and then kind of sits there absolutely dazed and pushes Hiro to the ground. Hiro drops his phone in the gutter and Kiroi walks off and says, well, goodbye. And that's it. Now, most people watching this would probably go, that is really weird. I'm sitting there going, Kiyoi did not know what to do after he did what he did, and he completely panicked, pushed Hiro to the ground because he was sitting there going, oh my goodness, what did I just do? Da, 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 da. And he escaped. I mean, no offense. I'm like, Kiyoi is really not too complicated to read when it comes to this kind of thing. I'm like, he did not expect to probably kiss Hiro, and then he did not know what to do once he kissed Hiro because he's like, this is the person that I probably should be with. And oh my God, that terrifies me and ran. So that's what Kiwai did. And Hiro sitting there being the one who had this happen to him is sitting there going, he doesn't like me. He won't ever call me. Um, Hiro got a new phone and a new number because he's like, there's no, there's no reason to have the same number anymore since that's all ended. So one of them thinks, everything's all ended. The other one's like, oh my God, what did I just do? Because this is the person I'm supposed to be with. And so they go into, Kiyoi goes into acting and dramas and Hiro goes into college for photography. While Hiro is at college, he decides to join a college photography club and he meets a very nice person. I cannot think of the kid's name, I'm sorry. But anyway, when he is at the photography club trying to introduce himself, he starts to stutter. And the kid next to him says, it's okay. And he kind of puts his hand on his back. He says, it's all right. It's okay. You're all right. And it's at that point that Hiro can say, I'm Hiro. Da, 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 da. The other thing I would like to point out that I find interesting about this series is Hiro never has a stuttering problem when he's comfortable with Kiyoi. He talks perfectly normal. Now, when he's nervous with Kiwoi, oh, with stuttering. But when he is just himself with Kiwoi, he's perfectly calm. But anyway, he meets this kid at photography club. And the kid says, my, my brother had the same stuttering issues when he was growing up too. So I know kind of what it's like to at least live with that. Not maybe have that, but live with that. And it was at this point that Kiro starts to make friends with this kid. Now, he's not having a romantic relationship. Honestly, I think with Hiro, he really doesn't have romantic um, relationships because they kind of, I think, freak him out, which, you know, I get that. It can be terrifying sometimes. So anyway, it's like he is just friends with this kid. But he's like, you know, for the first time in my life, I realized that with college, you don't have to be part of a group. You can just have a really good friend. And he said, it was so nice to be able to be myself with him and to know that that was basically enough. And so he's really good friends with this kid. Well, this kid realizes that he is watching this advertisement all the time when it comes on the TV because it's Kiori holding some kind of sauce. I don't know what it is, but anyway, it comes in a can and a bottle. So he's watching this very intensely and he asks Hiro if the kid asks Hiro if he would like to spend his birthday with him because he would like to have fun on his birthday with Hiro and no one's ever asked Hiro to go spend time with them like that except maybe Kyoi in 
very gruff roundabout way. So anyway, so Hero goes with this friend to a cafe where they perform plays. Well, the reason his friend brought him there is because Kyoi is acting there. He knows that Hiro likes watching Kyoi on the TV series. So like, I'm going to take Hiro to see this guy in real life. He does not realize that this guy is Hiro and Kyoi had a kind of odd relationship in high school, I guess is what we call it. Just an unusual, I don't know. But anyway, so Hiro is very surprised to see Kyoi. And Kiyoi is very gruff. He says, oh, you're the stalker. You're disgusting. And it's at this point that Hiro's friend's like, you are calling Hiro these terrible names. And Hiro's like, it's okay. It's all right, so-and-so. So anyway, also right before this happened, right before the birthday celebration, Hiro had told his friend that he liked one person in high school and he said oh you like one person he said why did you like them he said well they were a very beautiful person and they're the only person that I ever took pictures of because I didn't really do portraits and he says oh interesting were they were they a nice girl and he says they weren't they weren't a girl and he said oh okay so anyway they had this little awkward moment again I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have awkward moments but moving on so Hiro and Kyoi kind of chat back and forth. Um, Hiro's friend thinks that Kyoi is being rude, which he, he is being rude. But I also think you have to sit there and go, he's trying to relate to Hiro after thinking that Hiro basically said he liked him and didn't act upon it. And he doesn't know what to do with that. He thinks that Hiro is kind of a player, I think, in a way. I know that sounds kind of weird when you think about it because like Hiro is not a player at all, but he doesn't know what, Kiori does not know what to do with this. And he has had a few years to be angry about this issue. So anyway, he invites Hiro and his friend to come to the after play party. They do not go because um, his friend wants to go have a party with Hiro, just with him. And so they go home and Hiro gives the friend a camera, camera strap and a birthday cake. And so that's kind of what happens there. Hiro then goes back to the playhouse disguised with glasses and a hat. But he's not very good at disguise because at the end of the play, what he goes to see, he's clapping furiously. And um, Kiwai comes over to him, pulls his hat off, pulls off the glasses, and, and grabs the little playbook that he's writing in that says that Kiwai's performance was magnificent. And he goes, what are you doing here? And why are you wearing such a terrible disguise? Just come to the after play party if you want to. And so Hiro goes to the after play party and he sees um, Kyori and the other actor. And the other actor is kind of flirting with Kyori, he thinks. And he's like, you know, Kyori might end up with, maybe that's his other half. So anyway, he kind of leaves rather upset and a little too drunk. And Kyoi is also coming out of the establishment at the same time, also a little too drunk. And they basically go and sit on the swings like they did when they were kids. And Kyoi says, you know, I'm, I'm acting in this place, but we're having a hard time finding places to rehearse and I'm living there too. 
And Tira says, well, you could come to my house to rehearse if you want. There's plenty of room for you to rehearse. And so he says, give me, give me your manga, mango. And mango is number, I guess, in Japanese. And so Hiro gives him his number. And the next day he gets a call from Kiyoi. And Kiyoi says, and he calls Kiyoi back. And Kiyoi says, I, I dialed the wrong number. He says, oh, oh okay. He says, is it still okay if I come and rehearse at your house? He says, yeah, you, you can come and rehearse at my house. And so Kiori thinks that, I'm sorry, Hiro thinks that Kiori is going to come rehearse at his house. Well, his friend is there and his friend decides at this point in time to try to declare his passionate affection for Hiro. This does not go well at all. I mean, no offense, I'm like, I, I like the friend until this moment, but the fact that the friend did this exactly when Kiori was coming, I think he thought it was a way to maybe get back at Kiori since Kiori was treating Hiro badly, but it was a really inappropriate action on the friend's part. So anyway, Kiori leaves the building. Um, at this point, right before this though, when, when Kiori is drunk, I forgot to mention this, he, he grabs Hiro, he says, do you like him or do you like me? And Hiro is completely taken back because he's going, this guy kissed me. And then he ran off on graduation day. I'm really not sure what to do with that. And he also asked him why he changed his number. He says, well, my phone fell in water. So I got a new phone. He says, but why did you change your number? And he never, Hiro never answered him. Well, anyway, Kiyoi walks in, sees the friend who at that point in time just decided to grab him and say, Hiro, and say, I like you. Um, da -da -da. And Kiyoi just looks at the two of them and walks out. And yeah, I'm going, that was probably the best decision he could make. It's just like, I don't want to be here right now. Someone's confessing to the other person. We'll just leave them be. But he's rather upset. And so Hiro walks out with him and goes, Kiyoi. And he says, it's okay. I told you, I don't care who you're with. Just, you know, I'm going to leave now. This isn't a good time for me to come rehearse. So anyway, he walks off. And Hiro then tells his friend, he's like, I don't like anybody but this one person, and I'm not able to like you that way. And so his friend says, you know what, I get it, because that's how I feel about you, but you don't feel that way about me, and that is okay. And so he gets up and he leaves. So he, he does in the situation well, but he did not start it well at all, I have to say. I'm like, that is not the way that you tell someone you like them. So anyway, Kiyoi is upset and we then get to episode five. I liked episode five because you got to finally see Kiyoi's perspective on everything. You find out that he was raised by a single mom, that she ended up remarrying him when he was in middle school and having two kids and then kind of forgetting about him. And that's why he decided he wanted to be in TV because the people on TV looked happy. And so he ends up going to, to high school where he meets Hiro. And he said, you know, Hiro's the first person who honestly told me that he thought I was good looking so bluntly. And so without walls, he just said exactly what he thought. And he didn't really expect anything in return, but in a way that made him kind of arrogant because it's kind of a reverse arrogancy when you think about it, which it's true. I mean, no offense, it's like, if you're trying not to be with someone because you think their life would be better, 
that's kind of the reverse arrogancy. I mean, yes, it might be true. Kiro might be absolutely correct that Kiori would be better with someone else if Kiori might have better opportunities in work, better opportunities in life. Da, da, da. But at the same time, it's kind of arrogant for Hiro to sit there and make decisions for someone else, to sit there and go, I'm going to make the decisions in this relationship so that Hiro has, or Kiori has the best life possible. So you get to find out Kiyoi's point of view. You also find out that when he kissed Hiro, he really didn't know what to do because he's like, I knew that's the person who I could be with. And I was like, oh, bloody blank. What do I do with this information? And so he said, I panicked and I left. And then I could never call him because he changed his number. And I figured he didn't like me, even though he was the one who said he liked me first. And da, 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 da. so how do I deal with this? And he said, I've never told anyone that I like them. So he's basically going through all this in his in his head that you get to see as the viewer that you didn't get to see in the last four episodes. And basically everything that Hiro feels, Kiyoi feels as well, but both of them have a terrible inability to express that to one another. So, rounding this all up, Hiro is called by his friend that says that his brother needs help at the playhouse slash restaurant. Can he please go? And his friend also goes to Kiyoi and says, I confess to Kiyoi, but Kiyoi told me there's really only one person in this world that he likes. And I want the person I like to be with the person they like as good or bad as that may be basically but I want him to be able to be happy and that's not with me that's with someone else and that's the only person that he has ever liked so what you do with that information Corey is your business but I want you to know that it's at this point that Kiro comes to the playhouse to help hold the spotlight and it's kind of a neat moment because Kiyoi is saying, I really like you right into the spotlight, which looks like right into Hiro's face. And Hiro's like, if I could just stay in this moment, this was a really nice moment. At the end of the show, he helps move some boxes into storage with Kiyoi. And Kiyoi tells him that he likes him. He says, did it ever occur to you that I like you? And Hiro is just completely taken back. He's like, that's not possible Kiyoi you couldn't like me because you're you're way too cool and it's at this point that Hiro and him have a bit of a issue because Kiyoi gets upset pushes boxes which ends up pushing him and Hiro to the floor and he says do you you like me Hiro and he says I do like you you're you're my most favorite person in the world he said but that doesn't he said, well, do you want to date me, Hiro? And he says, no, I, I don't want to date you. You're, you're the king. I don't date the king. I'm not, I'm not that good of a person to date the king. And Hiro is just being completely honest, but Kiyoi is sitting there going, I do not understand this person. They like me. They don't want to date me. This is just really weird. And this is annoying. And it's like we've been going in circles since high school. And I'm really sick of the repetition. And so he completely unloads on Hiro. And he says, did it ever occur to you that I like you? And Hiro's like, that is not possible. And so he leaves and thinks that he has totally messed up. Hiro does. And he sends several texts to Kiyoi saying, I'm sorry. I know you think I'm disgusting, 
I did not mean to bother you. Basically, you asked me what I thought, and I told you, but I know that made you uncomfortable, and I do apologize. Because he's thinking that Kiyoi is reacting to him because he thinks that he's weird because he likes him. And Hewer is looking at these messages going, I don't know what to do with this person. This person, you know, I've liked them for years, but I do not know what to do. And I don't know how to read them. And this is just darn confusing. So at the end of the day, Hero sends a voice message. And he says, I just want you to know that I am very sorry for causing you trouble. And I'm going to go back to the place where I first met you and you saved me from having to speak at the school. And... I'm going to think about you one more time, and then I'm going to not think about you again. So I just want you to have a good life, basically, and hasta la vista. And so Hiro goes to the school. He sits there for a while and thinks about things. And then he ends up going back to the room where he saw Kyori, and he basically told him he liked him for the first time. Well, it's as he's there near dawn that he sees Kyori has come into the school, and he's like, Kiyoi, what are you? And, and Kiyoi sees him and just darts like a scared animal. No offense. And it's at this point that Hiro finally gets, I'm like, you know, it took a lot for it to get basically in his brain. But he's like, I finally realized that Kiyoi feels about me the way I feel about him. And the Kiyoi that I've known in the past is a Kiyoi that I will know in the future if I can understand him better. And so he basically goes and he grabs onto Kiyoi and he does not let him leave. And Kiyoi's like, let go of me, you, you, you darn disgusting person. And Kiyoi's like, and he was like, I, I like you, Kiyoi. I really do. And and Kiyoi, and Kiyoi's like, well, you you change your number and you 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 know, I I want to be with the person I like. And you're making it so difficult. And he's like, and he was like, who do you have a person you like? He's like, it's you, you idiot. I have been telling you this. When are you going to believe me? And you can tell Kiyori's about ready to cry, which is kind of weird. But he's, I think the thing that I think about Kiyori is he's kind of like a bit of an ill-tempered child. I, I don't mean that bad, but he is someone who he has all this emotion, but he does not know how to express it in the same way Hero doesn't, except kind of in reverse. And he gets it all pent up and then he unloads and he's sitting there going, I don't know how to handle this. I'm completely beside myself. And he just kind of sits there and goes, he says, you, you like me. And he says, that's what I've been telling you. <laughs> and he says, well, Kyoi, is it okay if I basically give you a hug? And Kyoi goes, I don't want you touching me anyway if things are just going to be the way they've always been because I do not like the situation. And he's kind of like, a, I don't know, he reminds me of a skittish animal. <laughs> and he's sitting there and just kind of beside himself, getting ready to cry and not knowing how to handle the situation. And Hiro comes up and you can see Hiro's processing. He's like, okay. I cannot think of Kyori as a god because that's not going to work for our relationship. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'm going to give Kyori a hug. So he he comes up very gently and carefully, kind of like, I do not want to bother this creature because he's really upset right now. And he kind of tries to put his hand up to pat Kyori and Kyori just pulls his hand down. He's like, okay, that didn't work. And so he comes up again. He says, it's, 
you know, he says, I really like you, Kiori. And so it was at this point that they seem to have mended their differences, if you will. And I think that's interesting because oftentimes when people are upset, they think that the issues are insurmountable. And I will say that sometimes that is entirely true. There are situations where you're saying they're going, this is not going to be resolved in a way that people can be able to converse like they once did or be able to relate to one another as they once did. But the thing that I think is very interesting about humanity in general is oftentimes it doesn't take much to completely calm the situation. Just sitting there and going, da -da -da -da, can really make all the difference in the world, whatever da -da 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 may be for each situation. But I think that's one of the things that I thought was interesting about this last thing is you have Kiori who is absolutely madder than all get out and he's hurt and he's angry and he feels like, if you really like me, then why did you do this? Da -da -da -da. And the misunderstanding has boiled up for years between them. And here is sitting there going, I finally get it. I finally understand what really has Kiori upset. And I'm going to do what I can to mend this fence, to to cause the fissures to go away because Kiori is the most important person in my life. And I am the most important person in Kiori's life or he would not have come in the middle of the night near dawn to come see me at this point in time. And so I think it's kind of interesting to see that in this production where you have two people who have a terrible time expressing themselves for different reasons. And at the same time are able to mend the fissures between them rather rapidly, I would say. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of how this show ends. There is a scene with the bike at the end of the show where Kyoi is biking home with Hiro. And he says, so what, what do you like to do other than photos? And he says, I like to spend time with you. He says, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking basically so I know what we could do together that you'd enjoy. And, and he says, I... You know, he said, I don't really, you know, have other things that I like. And he's like, I, I do want you to, you know, take the change. And he says, the change. He said, well, I saved all the change from your ginger ale when you were in high school. And he says, why did I fall in love with such a disgusting person? <laughs> and it's all in jest, I will say. I think that's the one thing is, you know, I think Joy comes off as ruder than I'll get out. But I think a lot of times what he's saying is basically, I'm crazy about this person, but I am expressing this in a really poor way. And, and here is sitting there going, say it again. And he says, you're disgusting. He said, that, that's not what I meant. Say that you've fallen in love with a disgusting person. <laughs> and so they basically have a battle where they're on the bicycle. So that's where this series kind of ends. There is a romantic moment at the end. So I'm just saying that you might want to, I don't know, I'm going, they're just sleeping. But anyway, some people might want to skip that with the kitties, just saying. But anyway, and it's not because it's a BL, I'd say it for the same thing for if it were a rom-com. So I mean, no offense, it's like, but they are just sleeping. So anyway, but that is the end of the series. I will say the music is kind of weird as well. It reminds me of the music in the first episode of The Young Worlds. I do need to finish that series, but I haven't because I got mad at William Wilhelm and I found out what he did to Simon. I'm like, you know, you said you like Simon and then you dump the blame on Simon and don't take any of the responsibility. I know that you're the king of Denmark, I think is where it was, but anyway. Sweden, Sweden, sorry, not Denmark. But 
still, if you care about someone, then you take responsibility and do not let them be the scapegoat. I mean, that's lame, whether you're 18 or 44 or 104. I'm just saying, you don't do that to people that you care about. So I haven't finished that series because I'm mad at Wilhelm and I will get over that at some point, but probably not in the immediate future because I'm like, you know, Wilhelm, that was lame. I don't care if you were pressured by your parents. That is still lame because Simon does not deserve that. So anyway, and I have not watched the episode. I just read about it online and it was like, badly done. Badly done, Wilhelm, as they say in Jane Austen, badly done, Emma. But okay, I will quit digressing there. But the point is, is I can't remember my point for that one. But anyway, so that is the end of My Beautiful Man. I would give this up this series. I did enjoy it. I probably, the music from My Beautiful Man is very disjointed, kind of like the music from my The Young Royals in the first episode. It makes, maybe it's popular music in Sweden. I don't know, but it was very, very strange music. And in the same way, you have this kind of calm J-drama and you have this really loud, kind of annoying, music that's the intro I I don't get it and the intro does not make any sense either in this series I mean it's the one part of the whole series that I'm sitting there going I don't get the intro and I watched it six times and I still don't get the intro so yeah I think it's one of those kind of odd things that they do in J-drama that it doesn't really make a lot of sense and this intro for this show it does not match the whole series so I'm like I don't know what they were thinking because Hero would never walk down the hall happily waving the duck he would be walking down the hall with a bundle of stuff for the kids and it just does not make any sense at all but anyway I would give this this series probably a seven to eight out of ten if they had actually no I would probably give it a seven out of ten because of the machine gun reference that I just found rather inexcusable um also I could not sit down and watch this all with my kids which is one of the reasons I also would not give it a higher rating I was really happy to see that there were two demisexuals in this series because that was kind of nice because we don't have a lot where there's two we usually have where there's like one demisexual character and they end up with someone who isn't but this was kind of unique so I did like those two aspects I also like that you had two people who have a terrible time expressing themselves in different ways, but are able to resolve their differences in the end. And I think that's unique. So that is kind of cool. And that is my review of My Beautiful Man, episode one through six. I don't think I'm doing one for every single episode. And check it at the round table. Bye.